the grower would need to be able to have enough product to, you know, essentially service everybody in the affected area. Because once once we have product on the DOD catalog, we are held to a fill rate minimum. Um, so if, if, if a grower had, say, 10 cases of some sort of abstract lettuce and they wanted to market that with a DOD wholesaler, it, it probably wouldn't work because one large school district could take those 10 and, and, and then every other school that asked for it would not receive the product. So it's got to be something that, that you can have a fair amount of so that if everybody asked for it, you would be covered. In this episode, Kay Matsunami, INCAT's Montana local food specialist, talks with Chris Gaskell of Grasmic Produce out of Idaho and Montana's contracted USDA Foods and DOD Fresh Finder. Chris talks about how he has worked with local producers to offer more Montana-grown fruits and vegetables to schools participating in farm-to-school efforts. This conversation with Chris is part of a series of podcasts and videos for Bringing the Farm to School, a producer training program on selling to schools. Let's listen. My name is Kay Matsunami, Montana Local Food Specialist with the National Center for Appropriate Technology, and I'm here today with Chris Gaskell, Institutional Business Manager with Grasmic Produce. Grasmic Produce is Idaho's largest distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables, and they're also Montana's current contracted USDA foods and DOD fresh vendor. Chris has been part of a pioneering effort in Montana to make local food more available to schools across the state by working with local sellers to include their items on the DOD Fresh Ordering Catalog and its distribution routes. Today, we'll be talking about Grasmic Produce's work to connect local producers with these national procurement systems and what kinds of opportunities and challenges distribution channels like DOD Fresh pose for local producers and schools participating in public school efforts. Thank you so much for joining me, Chris. Yes, thank you, Kay. So to get our feet wet here for starters, could you tell us a bit more about Grasmic Produce and your role? Sure. Um, so Grasmic Produce uh, began in 1955 uh, by Henry Grasmic and his son Dutch. <clears throat> they were uh, potato farmers over in eastern Idaho, and they would haul potatoes into Boise and sell them to grocery stores and restaurants. As you can imagine, in in the 50s, uh, potatoes were a massive staple, everybody's diet. Um, and so they did well. Uh, and then at some point, they decided that they wanted to diversify. And, and Dutch actually, becoming an adult himself, had decided to go out on a limb and purchase a full load of iceberg lettuce out of California and brought it up to Boise and added that to his, his uh, product line. And it, it kind of all began from there. Um, you know, fast forward to today, we essentially service the entire state of Idaho and the entire state of Montana logistically uh, a little bit in eastern Oregon and western Wyoming. We service grocery stores, restaurants, hospitals, uh, retirement facilities, prisons, other state facilities, schools, reservations, and universities. Um, that's about what, you know, Grasmic is, is all about. It's, it's just selling fresh produce to multiple recipients and uh in my role 
uh, the largest part of my role is coordinating school and prison orders and making sure that those orders become, you know, valid deliveries and, and get taken out at the, the days and times that the customer requests. There's a lot of a lot of forethought that needs to go into some of these. Uh, generally, everyone sticks to a schedule, but there's always the exception. As a matter of fact, next weekend or next week, excuse me, Monday is Martin Luther King Day. And the majority of the schools are closed, so we have to figure out how to make all the deliveries go on a Tuesday. So things like that I, I oversee. Um, I also assist the buyers, trying to get them data needed for purchasing and procurement. Um, if, if a school or a prison lets me know that they want a larger than normal amount of a product, I, I'll uh, give the buyers a heads up and, and try to help source that for them. And then I also do a little management of some other personnel in other departments of the organization. Super interesting. And so how long has Grasnick Produce been the contracted DOD Fresh and USDA Foods vendor for Montana? And among, you know, that, that diversity of different marketing channels you guys got going on, um, what exactly does that role mean or entail? Uh, well, I believe November of 17, uh, the USDA gave us three weeks from the, the approval of the bid. They gave us three weeks to begin performing. So that was a challenge. Um, but essentially, the start of 2018 was when it, it really took off. In, in the very infancy of it, the, the orders weren't there, weren't, there weren't very many schools participating right there at the tail end. You had Christmas and Thanksgiving falling in there. But so I, I guess essentially the beginning of 2018 is when we started doing Montana full force. Gotcha. So not enough time maybe to be seasoned veterans, but enough time to have learned a lot, I'm really sure. Um, and can you give us a sense of what it's like managing such an extensive procurement system in Montana specifically. I mean, ours is a pretty vast and a largely rural state, and many of our distributors only operate, say, west of the Continental Divide. So how do you coordinate those regular stops to all those schools as well as pickup of product? And, like, kind of what does that look like? Well, it's taxing. I can I can say that. But uh, as far as as far as coordinating the other stops with the schools, um, you know, we started with schools and, and then began to gain some business with some different restaurants in, in the larger cities. And we came up with a schedule that kind of worked for everybody. Um, a small portion of the schools do receive their deliveries later in the week. As you said, the state is large. It's very difficult to get to every every site um, at the beginning of the week. And so we did have to do a little bit of splitting up and move some schools over to the tail end of the week. We do ensure that the products that are sent are good enough quality to hold out over the weekend so that, you know, Monday morning they don't come in and discover that they've had a massive amount of decay with something. Um, but realistically in the beginning, a lot of geography, um, once I began to get the layout of the state, um, it, it all kind of came together pretty pretty well. You know, I had three weeks of nothing to get started with, so that helped me get a jump start on it. Um, some of the coordination required for schools also 
makes it to where we have to restrict them to specific weeks of the month. There are some areas of the state that we're only able to make deliveries every other week. Um, In the beginning, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of communication needed with these schools. Uh, You'd get one school that would just order every week and you'd have to contact them and say, Hey, I'm not going up into the, the corner. I call it the Canacota corner. Uh, where Medicine Lake is and, and Plentywood way up there. Um, but, but it all worked out and um, it, it seems to work very well at this point. And they, the schools have all gotten used to their schedule. Um, as far as any kind of backhaul of product though, um, up until now, very little product has been needed to be picked up in Montana while on a route. Um, if it does happen, I simply look at the routes that are scheduled to go and, and, you know, find the correct place to to slot the backhaul in, in between the appropriate towns and make sure that the timing is right for the grower or, you know, wherever we're doing a pickup at. But, um, really that hasn't been, uh, an issue up to this point. Right. Well, that sounds like a really, um, tightly oiled ship that maybe can't afford too much liberties within any margin of error there. But you're starting to dig into the bread and butter of, I think, what we're going to be talking about um, uh, regarding those local partnerships and pickup of product in Montana. So if you could please tell us a bit about the work that you've been doing with Swanson's Mountain Valley Orchard in Corvallis, Montana, um, an apple producer. Uh, I believe that thanks to your collaboration, theirs was the first local Montana product to be made available to Montana schools through the DOD Fresh catalog. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that is correct. They were the, they were the first Montana-grown product to be onto the DOD catalog, absolutely. Um, so in I, in the summer of 2019, uh, around August, Pam Frew had contacted me and, and requested that I try to source some Montana apples to get onto the catalog for the Montana Crunch program. Uh, Pam is the food distribution program manager of school nutrition programs for OPI Montana. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, so I, I searched montana apple growers uh, on the internet and the only thing i could find was swanson's mountain valley orchard there in corvallis and uh assuming that that may in fact be the only apple grower in the state of montana i went ahead and gave him a call it was a sunday Uh, i happened to be down at work running a sunday crew and i had some downtime and i called my i reached charlie swanson uh, and he actually answered the phone, so I thought I thought that was pretty neat to be able to speak to the lead guy there um, <laughs> right. on the first attempt. <clears throat> and I explained to him what what I was hoping for, or you know, trying to obtain here. And he filled me in on a variety of apple that's called an Empire, which is a apple that's crossed between a Red Delicious and a Macintosh. And it's it's a sweet and tart at the same time, yet very firm and crispy, wherein a Red Delicious can often become mealy. Um, and so I thought that that was a great idea. And uh, I told him that, that, you know, I would be interested in, in that apple. Um, 
he felt as though he'd have those ready to harvest in late October and requested that I contact him again in early October. Um, so after the conversation, I, I contacted Pam to let her know. And uh, I did tell her that I, I didn't think that he, he thought I was serious um, when I was asking for a truckload of apples. I think he thought I was pulling his leg, but uh, anyway, she got, she helped out. She, she started to contact Swanson's and she ended up connecting with Julie Swanson, uh, Charlie's wife. And they spoke quite a few times between uh, August and the end of September. And uh, Pam was able to finally solidify a deal uh, that they, they knew what we wanted, they, they knew what we were going for, and, and they were excited to participate as well. Um, so I, by the beginning of October, we issued a purchase order and uh, waited for the nod from, from when it would be ready. So once they gave me a pickup date, um, I ended up scheduling for one of my semis to leave Boise and drive empty up to Corvallis and lay over that night and then load the next morning and bring the apples back to our warehouse. Uh, unfortunately, I was only able to get about 350 cases on, on this shipment uh, last year, 2019. Um, and so it wasn't as many as I'd hoped for to try to help keep my freight rate lower from dispatching the semi. But at least I had the apples and, and that part of the process was, was done. And, and now it was just a matter of getting them onto the catalog. Gotcha. So on that note, what are the standards or requirements um, or kind of like those, those logistical considerations that Swanson's and other producers have to meet in order um, to work with contracted DOD fresh vendors as a seller? Well, uh, when it comes to locally sourced products on the DOD catalog, there's, there's a minimal amount of standards that the grower has to retain other than uh, we must retain some records. Uh, liability insurance, naming us as the additional insured, um, covering for whatever attorneys deem necessary for liability insurance for a product um, and then some form of a recall program in case there's an issue and it's preferred that there's a third-party food safety audit um, but otherwise it's it's fairly minimal that that's required uh, for the for the grower to have and, and again it really just kind of falls between the grower and and the the DOD fresh wholesaler and then the wholesaler is to <clears throat> retain those records uh, in the event of an audit. And then we would have to provide that information that we'd done our due diligence with the grower. Um, the, the qu quantity would have to be enough. The grower would need to be able to have enough product to, you know, essentially service everybody in the affected area. Because once once we have product on the DOD catalog, we are held to a fill rate minimum. Um, so if, if if a grower had, say, 10 cases of some sort of abstract lettuce and they wanted to market that with a DOD wholesaler, 
it, it probably wouldn't work because one large school district could take those 10 and, and, and then every other school that asked for it would not receive the product. So it's got to be something that, that you can have a fair amount of so that if everybody asked for it, you would be covered. Um, as far as grading goes, it really depends on what the product is. Uh, I believe, you know, oranges, which, which would not apply for Idaho or Montana, they, they have to be a fancy grade. And apples, I believe, just have to be a U.S. number one. And then when it comes to various and assorted other products, uh, I, it's kind of on a case-by-case case as to what, what grade the USDA would require. But, uh, you know, there are some items that there really is essentially no grade attached to. Um, and then the frequency of delivery, if if by that you mean the grower, that that really would determine or that would be determined by the shelf life and the availability of a product. Uh, however, most growers don't actually make deliveries. Generally, generally the uh, wholesaler has to source a truck to back all the product. Yeah. A lot of that is um, like, like you say, kind of um, um, sounds like what you would expect, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if some new sellers you were working with, you know, their operations weren't a direct plug and play into your systems. So what was the process um, of making those arrangements with the Swansons um, like regarding those logistics and requirements, them being a new seller? You mentioned, you know, the quantity not being what you would expect it at first. So what were the challenges there with working with a new seller and how did you overcome them? You know, the quantity, the quantity portion of it, it, it kind of was an is what it is, but 350 cases of apples is, is a good amount of apples, um, but really the, the biggest challenges with local products are, are growing seasons because they dictate the availability. Um, and then right. the, the, the requirement of an invoice from that grower has, has to be presented by the DOD distributor in order to have them added to the catalog. Um, in the past, the DOD catalog would only be updated every other week, but timing is imperative, especially with local. Um, so there was an exception made for local products to be added at a whim, uh, yet still requiring an invoice. Um, <clears throat> once or uh, presenting an invoice, it means that we had to have had possession of the of the product before we're able to actually submit it to get it onto the catalog. So once an item has been added to the catalog, uh, pre-order time for a school is a minimum of three days. So there is a slight lag uh, between acquiring the product and actually distributing it. So the farm to fork does have a little bit of a, of a delay there with the DOD catalog. You, you essentially cannot, place a product onto the catalog before you have possession of it because an invoice will not be submitted until the, the wares are in your possession, if, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So as we approach a conclusion here, I'd like to get a sense of your opinion of DOD Fresh as a distribution channel between local producers and schools participating in farm to school in general. I mean, would you say that they represent an untapped opportunity for local producers, or do those 
challenges of coordinating logistics and schedules, um, the challenge with growing seasons, possibly outweigh those opportunities, in your opinion, from that um, DOD wholesaler side? I, I do not believe that, that they outweigh them. The, as far as an untapped opportunity for local producers, the simple answer is yes, there is opportunity for local producers. The complex answer, however, is, is there are many factors that come into play when dealing with adding local to the DOD catalog. What is the product? Will kids enjoy it? How much of the product is available? How long will that product be available? How much am I able to get at one time? Packaging match the items on the catalog. Uh, there, there are several items preloaded into the DOD catalog that you kind of have to tailor to what the federal government already has in place. There are exceptions where a certain pack size may be added, uh, but I think they like to try to keep the catalog at as simple as they can. Uh, so packaging does have a factor. Uh, how long will the product stay fresh before it actually makes it to a school? How far out of the way is the growing region? And probably the, the largest part would be, is it priced comparably to larger market suppliers of that same item? Those are questions that I have to consider when adding potential new products to the DOD catalog. And um, on the pricing, after uh, in, in 2019, I had learned that uh, actually Swanson's had been selling apples to many school districts in the state of Montana for years. And I discovered that the pricing the schools were paying for the apples ended up being the same price that I was paying for the apples. And that made it a little difficult for me to market the, uh, the same apple at an inflated rate due to the freight that I incurred in, in procurement as well as the freight to re-deliver the items. I did bring this to the growers' attention this year and explain that with us coming to pick it up and buying a large amount at one time that I should be able to negotiate a better cost so that my resale to the school is more attractive. Um, so this year we actually were able to acquire over double the amount of the apples we received last year and when we've had great success getting them distributed to the schools uh, with the more aggressive pricing. Yeah, and that's a really important considerations for producers, I would say, um, to really adjust those price points to, you know, reflect where they could um, reduce that amount given the uh, delivery that you guys are doing. I know that, you know, for schools, they can be pretty price-sensitive institutions, and for something like Apple's, I mean, there are other competitors there whose prices would be much lower. So, yeah, that, that would be really important, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah. And so finally here, do you have any advice or parting words of wisdom for our listeners, especially local producers interested in working with the contracted DOD Fresh vendors in their states? Uh, say start out by finding out who the contract holder of the DOD Fresh program in their area is. Um, make contact, but already have a plan in place when you do. Consider having ready harvest times, expected yield, along with fair price to help make that decision easier for the purchasing agent or the contracting officer. 
Um, also, some of the points I had mentioned earlier, what is it? Will kids enjoy it? Can I produce enough to meet potential demand? Um, again, you know, once we put an item on the catalog, we are held to a certain fill rate. And so I've got to have enough to be able to supply essentially any school that would request it. Um, and then they need to ask themselves if they can comfortably offer it at a reasonable price, it'll be appealing to the schools. And uh, all of that should really be taken into consideration when looking to negotiate dealing with a DOD fresh supplier. Right. And I would say we really lucked out here to have Pam Frew um, with Montana OPI be a part of um, facilitating some of this partnership. Um, I really appreciate her thought with kind of aligning this with Montana Crunch Time, which you mentioned. And for background for our listeners, Montana Crunch Time is a statewide event to celebrate local producers and National Farm to School Month, which is October. So schools typically order a lot of local apples and do a crunch all together. And so, yeah, definitely tapping into those, um, the nonprofits and state agencies involved in um, supporting farm to school work in our states to do some outreach to schools. So, yeah, uh, Pam Pam Frew was absolutely instrumental in helping orchestrate this to get it kicked off. Uh, it was new for me. It was new for her. It was new for Swanson's. Uh, and I feel like in the end it, it really worked out well for, for all parties involved, and especially, especially the schools. And thank you so much for your time and your insight and, of course, for your work to make this partnership with the Montana producer possible and to support farm to school efforts at large. And thank you so much to our listeners. If you'd like to learn more about Montana's farm to school efforts, please check out the NCAT Farm to Cafeteria Network website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. You bet. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Additional information can be found in the notes. Please leave a comment and don't forget to subscribe. We'd also appreciate it if you could fill out a brief survey to let us know what you thought of the podcast. It helps us improve our content. A link to the survey is also included in the notes. I'm your host, Rich Myers. Alan Puckett and I produce ATRA Voices from the Field at NCAT's headquarters in Butte, Montana, with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service as part of the National Center for Appropriate Technologies ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the view of the USDA or NCAP. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming.